Welcome to With a Twist, the number one parenting show on the planet. In an era where the majority of children are not asking what they want to be when they grow up, but instead what they want to be when they give up, With a Twist will help you raise hopeful, thriving, engaged, and confident children. Be the parent you've always wanted to be using With a Twist's signature success system. With a Twist is the only parenting podcast that will enable the everyday parent have peace of mind while navigating the school system and life. Give your child the opportunity to thrive instead of just barely survive. And now, the founder of With a Twist, Amber Scotchburn. Hi, it's Amber Scotchburn, and are you ready to get twisted today? Thanks so much for tuning in. I was actually going to address something that I've heard quite often from parents, and that's that their children are quote-unquote acting up. (laughs) Even though acting up is described by parents differently, the underlying request is still the same. Please help my child, my family, and my sanity. So why can't kids just do it? The Nike saying is pretty famous and a pretty cool saying, but it doesn't apply to your kids. And so we've talked about how kids aren't robots. They don't get just rebooted by a simple press of a button like our computers. And so that's why they sometimes just can't do it. Our process, or with a twist process that is, gives parents and children the opportunity to get everything off their minds so that they're transferring that to us and we get to be curious and wade through it. So you'll notice through my podcasts, one of the definite things I want you to start doing is getting curious. So we get curious and we figure out what does acting up mean to the parent? What does acting up mean to the child? Do you know what the very interesting part is? We find that the children and the parents actually end up wanting the same thing. So even though the actions might look different or the way that they're being perceived looks different, kids and parents want the same thing. I'll give you some examples of that in just a second. But the key thing I want you to remember here is to look at what you want to be different. So if you're thinking, oh, my child's acting up, well, what do you want to be different? And hold the vision of what you want to be different. If you think of our last podcast, the fixed versus growth mindset one, we talked about a flower. And if you're going to have a fixed version of a flower, you're going to leave it in a fixed place and you're going to say, well, it'll grow or it won't grow. I'm leaving it where it is. If you have a growth mindset around your flower, you'll change the environment around it so that it will grow. This is the mindset I want you to have around your kids. I want you to have the growth mindset. So in having the growth mindset, you're going to go, well, they're acting up. So let's figure out what it is that I want to be different in this situation and what maybe do they want to be different in this situation. And let's hold that as our end vision. So kids can't just do it. And why is that? Well, I know most of you aren't child psychologists, and so sometimes it can feel very overwhelming. And some of what I'm going to say here is going to be a little bit controversial in that it may make you go, what? Did she just say that? But the first thing is, look in the mirror. You have trained your kids to behave the way they do. As I've mentioned in a previous podcast, we all behave to get a need met. So let's just think about that for a sec. 
you behave the way you need to to get your needs met, your kids behave the way they do to get their needs met. However, the next layer to that is kids behave in a way that we have taught them. We've trained our kids to behave the way that they do. Now, once they start school or maybe they spend time with other caregivers or grandparents or coaches, teachers, etc., they're going to also have an influence in that. But your child, before they start getting into outside influences, you can thank yourself. <laughs> so if you're not liking something your child's doing, you start with first looking in the mirror. I'm going to give you an example to tell you what I mean. I hear very often from parents, well, as soon as I get on the chat on the child, oops, as soon as I get on the phone, my child wants to talk to me. Well, sometimes we got to look at that in perspective. I bet you lots of times your child wants your attention. And maybe you're just a minute, just a minute, or I'm just in the middle of doing something and they don't necessarily get your attention. Then all of a sudden you're on the phone. Well, guess what they've figured out? That you have attention to give somebody. You have some time to give somebody. And so it's a perfect time for them to try and get your attention because they know you're focused at that point in time. Now, it's not perfect to you because obviously you just want to be on the phone with the person that you want to give that attention to. But think of how often that happens. The other thing is, what happens when your child learns that you just are going to give a short, quick answer if you're in the middle of doing something like talking on the phone? Well, they've learned that maybe that's a really good time to ask you for something that normally you might say no to. So picture this, you're on the phone, you're having a great conversation with your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whoever, and they're saying, oh, um, mom, can I have this cookie? Well, very clearly, they know that they cannot have the cookie. Maybe it's just around mealtime. However, to get them to stop bugging you while you're on the phone in this conversation, you may just say yes. So guess what you've just taught your child? You've taught your child that if you're busy, it's the best time to ask you something that you potentially would say no to because just to get them to leave you alone, you'll say yes. So that's just two simple examples for you. But we really do have to be conscious of the fact that we've formed our children. So we have trained our kids to behave the way they do. So again, that might be a little controversial for some of you to hear because you don't want to hear that. But it is true. I'll actually share a quick story with you. My son was going to preschool. And the preschool teacher and I became quite good friends and she would share different stories of how different kids were behaving and I mean I would be there and I would see that and you know we would have a little bit of a chuckle with the parents when they came because it would be like oh yeah you know Sally said a bad word today and Sally's mom would be like oh that Sally's dad you know he says bad words around the house all the time so therefore Sally's coming to school and repeating those words well my son and I were at home and we we're cleaning something up and he puts his hands on his hips and he's very clear as to where things go and what bins they need to go in and I'm thinking who's this kid <laughs> because he's never cared about that before and so I said that to him like where is this coming from I learned a while ago that if I wanted him to clean it needed to be in his way which meant that as long as things were off the carpet and he could vacuum if they didn't go in the right bin, they didn't go in the right bin. So I knew that wasn't coming from me. Where was it coming from? 
he said to me, well, that's how Christine is. Christine was his preschool teacher. So I went in the next morning and I said, Christine, do you put your hands on your hips and tell the kids they must go in the right bins? And although, you know, I was jokingly and I was laughing with her about it, um, and she had a good laugh too, although she turned turn a little bit red because she said, I realize that the kids come and repeat their behaviors from home here, but I never thought that they took my behaviors home. So it's a good learning lesson for all of us to realize that kids soak up our behaviors. So we need to be really clear that they're mirroring, mirroring sorry, behaviors, whether it's from us or other people in their lives. What's interesting about that is that we can start to see then if we don't want a certain behavior, where we can help them change it. So if it isn't something that we're doing, we're going to have to figure out a different way to do it if we don't want to see that behavior in our child. Or we can go back to what I said in the podcast yesterday, which was that we need to address the need, but don't worry about the actual behavior in that moment. So again, I mentioned if a child's out, you've been running around doing errands all day and they were getting whiny. If we look, we investigate, we get curious. Maybe the need is that they're hungry. We teach them to start being aware of when they're going to get hungry. What you also want to do is look at, will this behavior serve my child? So a behavior might drive us crazy, but that doesn't mean necessarily it's a behavior we need to correct. Sorry. It may just mean that it's a behavior that drives us crazy, but maybe it serves your child. So we need to figure out, because our children aren't robots, they don't come with an on and off switch, they don't come with a manual, they're not pre-programmed, a behavior they may have may simply be a part of their personality. So you want to look at that. And when you're deciding, okay, is this a behavior that just drives me crazy? Or is this a behavior that will serve them? So how you figure that out is simply think about it from the perspective. So if if your behavior, sorry, if their behavior is that they're acting up when they're out because they get hungry, that's not going to be a good behavior that's going to serve them in life. So you want to teach them about that. If they're something like they hang off the monkey bars for too long and you're afraid they're going to get hurt because they're doing some sort of hanging flip thing. I don't know. And that's maybe not a behavior that you need to change in them because it's not necessarily not going to serve them in life. If they're at a playground and they're playing around, that might be more your apprehension or your fear around it. So there's just two simple examples when you want to change the behavior and help them realize it for the need and the other one maybe you don't want them jumping from one playground instructor to another that's too far apart or something like that where there's some safety but if there's not safety and those playgrounds are built for flipping over and around in then you really have to check if that's just you and your apprehension. A further question you need to ask yourself is, is this child displaying a behavior to get their needs met? And as I mentioned before, do you do the same thing? Because if you are doing the same thing, it's going to be really hard to correct your child's behavior if you're not correcting your own behavior. Because as I mentioned, your child is just mirroring your behavior. 
The other thing I want to mention about behavior is that, or I'll probably want to mention quite a few more things, but right at this moment, is that the iceberg analogy. Not sure if you've heard of that before, but basically what happens with behavior is that we only see part of what's going on. So if you think of an iceberg before global warming, just the tip of it sticks out. And so that's a child's behavior. Think about that for a second. Just the behavior is showing. Everything that else is that's going on underneath isn't showing. So an iceberg, you see it potentially moving or shifting or melting a little bit, but you don't really see that. You see just the iceberg sitting there. You see a child just sitting there or just doing whatever it is that there's their behavior is. But we're not looking at what's underneath it always. We're sort of judging, not really sort of, we're totally judging what the behavior is. So we want to figure out what those underlying things are so that we can peel away those layers to see why they're behaving the way that they do. So again, investigate, get curious. One of the key, key things in with a twist system is just to get curious. Because by asking a ton of questions, which ask my kids, I do, um, you're going to figure out why that behavior is happening. And then you're going to be able to help them. And so no, you're not a child psychologist. And no, you don't need to be. You just really need to get curious. And the other part to remember in this is that we be all behave a certain way to get needs met. So life is pretty simple. We have a need or a desire. We act in a way to get that need or desire met. And then there's a consequence to this action. Depending on the consequence, and if we get our need met, we will continue to do the same action in the future, or we would adapt our behavior in order to get our need or desire met. Whoever is around us the most shapes our behavior and acts as our mirror to what behaviors we model. So let's go through this with a really simple example that I've already given. We have a need or desire. I am hungry. We have a certain way that we act in order to get this met. I am going to throw a temper tantrum in the middle of Walmart because I am hungry. There is a consequence to this action. Get back in the cart, sit down, (laughs) you know, uh, and then the child might learn that they can't express themselves necessarily to that parent in that moment. Maybe they have to come up with a different way. However, we would need to, as the parent, be really thinking, well, why are they having this temper tantrum? Is it because they're hungry? Is it because they're tired? Is it because they really want that toy on the shelf? Let's get curious and figure out what that is. So how we respond to our child having the temper tantrum is going to dictate how they're going to be. As much as this might be intimidating to think about for a second, that our children are modeling our behaviors, it actually gives you a lot of power. It gives you the opportunity to create a child based on their needs and looking at them and then seeing how you want them to act towards it. And then you get this amazing opportunity to see how you do behave as children are mirrors. So remember, life is actually pretty simple. We, every single one of us, act in a certain way to have a need or desire met. The key thing is just gonna be, do we know what the need or desire is that we're trying to get met? And then the next key thing is just gonna be how we behave to get it. 
and we're going to behave based on a way that we're rewarded. And that's why sometimes when we think, well, kids get negative attention. And so they, you know, they throw a temper tantrum or giving them attention and we can consider that negative attention. But at the end of the day, they're just happy because they're getting their need for attention met. So the good news is you don't have to have a child psychology degree in order to raise a successful child. (laughs) You just have to really realize they all have needs and desires. We all have needs and desires. There's a certain ways we act to get them met. We look around us to see how other people are getting them met. And then we look at how we are received when we do a certain behavior to get our needs met. Depending on that consequence, we'll either do that again, we'll do a version of it, and whoever's around us will help us determine whether that is an effective method or not. So thank you so much for listening. And good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are around the world. Great to have you with me today at With a Twist. Please don't forget to give me a five-star rating on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. As well as follow me on Facebook at Amber Scotchburn. Thanks so much.